0: You guys, I finally did it. I finally hosted somebody on my podcast. And the first person that I decided to host was Curtis Harding. And he'll kind of explain who he is and how I know him and things like that. But I wanted to kind of give um, a disclaimer, I guess, since I'm not a very professional podcaster. I only have one mic. And so it was sitting between us on my parents' kitchen table. And so you can kind of hear my dog walking in the background or maybe people moving in the background things like that. That is what it is. The mic just picked it up. I tried my best to cut things out where I could, but you just can't get everything. And so without further ado, here we go. Hey guys, what's up? My name is Sam and this is my podcast where I talk about everything, dealing with life, love, friends, and more all while I'm looking good with nowhere to go okay I have my intro already in there
1: oh nice we're ready to go
0: yeah we're recording what do you want to talk about
1: oh well they don't even know who I am so tell us
0: tell us who you are a little bit about yourself do you want to plug your Instagram or maybe
1: or you should tell them about me so then I can know what you actually think of me.
0: No, that's just more of what do I know about you.
1: <sighs> so my name is Curtis Harding. I am Sam's cousin by marriage. I married her cousin, Marisa. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now we're living in the same city. Yeah. So I pretty much had FOMO. She started her podcast <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not cool enough to have a podcast, but let me be on yours. <laughs> So here we are.
0: And I said yes.
1: Persistence so. will get you pretty much anything you want.
0: <laughs> do you want to plug anything in your Instagram or anything? Oh, um, I wish I had something
1: cool to plug. And I do a lot of work in Spanish. And so like I mostly like work with a Spanish Instagram page. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if people want to follow it. They can. It's secretos multinivel. And my personal Instagram is just Curtis Harding 3 So if you guys want to connect, for sure. That's just my personal. I don't oh, do I anything. Why three? That's a great question because the reason I'm, the number I wore in sports all throughout high school is mm-hmm. because of Allen Iverson. Only the strong survive. <laughs> I want to know. This is actually a question that I ask people. And normally, I save it for their birthdays because once you've completed another year, you've earned the right to give me that advice. <laughs> but this is what I ask. And I ask people every single year on their birthday, the people close to me, the people I don't know when someone (laughs) has a birthday and sometimes I'll just message them on Facebook because Facebook's like, hey, they have a birthday. But I like to ask people the question in this last, okay, so you've completed another year of your life, Mm -hmm. another cycle around the sun. What is like the most important life lesson that you feel like you've learned up until this point in your life? I, I record them. Every single thing that someone tells me I record, I write down their birthday, I write down how old they are, and I write down the piece of advice. But for two reasons. One, I want to implement those things in my life. I right. love learning from other people. And two, I'm hoping one day that I can compile all of this and get every single day of the year, and then I will create a bathroom book <laughs> that people will put in the bathroom, and it'll be a motivational, because you go to the bathroom yes. once a day at least, so I figure it'll be a bestseller.
0: I like it. i put it in my bathroom. Oh my gosh. What? How oh. long have you been doing this?
1: A little over a year now. Okay. Yeah. So I probably have like 20 people's um, nice. advice that they've given to me. So if that's, that's what I want to talk about. I want to ask you, what is your advice? How old are you? I'm 23. 23. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm 29. So we're still, we're both in the 20s. Yes. What is your piece of advice to me that up until now, if you were on your deathbed and you only had like, one or two sentences left to convey to me what you feel is most important, what would you tell me?
0: Oh my gosh. Um, Hmm. I think... Oh. At
1: this point, I'd be dead by now. Um, (laughs) And I'd be sitting there, great. Now what am I supposed to do? I'll (laughs) never know.
0: Um, I think I would say... Surround yourself in your entire life with the people who invest in you the same amount, if not more, than you do in them.
1: Interesting. I'm literally gonna write that down right now.
0: Okay.
1: So spend time, mm-hmm. spend the most amount of time mm-hmm. with the people in your life who invest the same amount or more mm-hmm. into you as they do as you do. As into you them. do into them. Mm-hmm.
0: Because I feel like a lot of times in our lives, we like end up in relationships or friendships or whatever, where it's always, you're giving so much and they may not be returning yeah, and yeah. that's never beneficial. So mm-hmm. always invest your time with those who give the same, if not more.
1: Okay. I love that, which honestly is kind of hard to find. And it's mm-hmm. definitely, so you're more of a person who's quality over quantity Oh yeah. in your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Has it always been like that for you or... Mm.
0: Probably, but I think it's more so since, like, I moved out, I went through college, and then, like, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: being around so many different people, I think that is really – because, I mean, like, living here in high school, I only knew here. I only knew the people around me, Mm -hmm. and so I didn't really notice as much, I guess, whereas going to college, you do meet so many different people from, like, all over the world – and so you see different personalities uh-huh. and you get in cer- cer- certain situations where you find those people that maybe
1: yeah, don't totally. give as much. Okay. So now let's say that they like, I don't know, did CPR on you and you have a little bit longer to live. So now you can expound <laughs> on it. Perfect. But so what does that look like? Like someone investing in you?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And for, for both ways, because I bet some people like to hear that and they're like, okay, I want to invest in other people in my life. So mm-hmm. they feel like that. And then some people are like, how do I know if that's that kind of person?
0: Right. So I think one of the biggest things is you often hear like, if someone wants to hang out with you, they'll hang out with you, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's kind of like the same with like, well, first off that, like if you're always talking to somebody and it's like, Oh, like we should hang out. We should do this thing. And you're always the one like, let's make plans. Let's do this. But they never reciprocate. Uh First off, you shouldn't be hanging out with them anyways. They don't want to spend time with you. Uh Don't even bother. Go do something else. Go make new friends or something. But then also, I'm somebody who likes to listen to people a lot. Uh And I've found that I have a really hard time opening up to other people. So sometimes my balance with like the people – that I'm around is off and so I have to learn to find that balance with okay I'm always listening to other people but I need to also be willing to talk to them and I think that goes in lots of things in life if somebody's always the one that's like taking care of you whether it's like emotionally or maybe even like physically but you literally do nothing for them in return
1: yeah
0: you're just like a freeloader at Uh that point
1: yeah totally I like that you said that. That you have to open up too, mm-hmm. because I have seen people like that where they let other people invest in them so much, mm-hmm. and then but they don't pull their weight in.
0: Yeah. It. What would you say to somebody?
1: Ooh, what would I say? One piece of advice. I would, I would tell people, and it sounds so cliche. But to go and do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. It is so simple and it's so cliche because people say it all the time, but people don't do it. Yeah, They say that and they'll put it as a quote on their Instagram post. They'll tattoo <laughs> it on their body, but they don't do it. Yeah. They go and they study something that they aren't that interested in, but they're going to school because they think they're supposed to go to school. Or they... I was, I was listening to a, a presentation of Gary Vaynerchuk this morning. I love, love that him. Guy. Yes. Maybe we should like edit the clip from it. Although then you'd have to mark the, this yeah. podcast has explicit language in it. <laughs> but it was really powerful. And he was at this event and he was talking about just, you know, doing his motivational speech, um, talking about like how to build a business. Mm-hmm. And then he took questions and answers. And he, this guy, this kid came up and he was in his third year of medical school. And the kid was like, but I don't want to be a doctor. And Gary was like, what? He used different words. He was like, then what are you doing? And he was like, well, I just think that it could be kind of helpful, like to have doctor at the end of my name. And he's like, so you're not, you know, you're not going to be a doctor at all. And he's like, no, I think I want to own a hospital in the future. He just was like laid into him. He was like, oh "Stop, do Like, and so many people do that to some extent. Mm-hmm. You know, they do things because they think they're supposed to. My wife does this all <laughs> the time, and she's probably gonna listen to this. And I love her, and we it's like. <laughs> she knows this. She tells me this. Um, but I th- I think it's just this life is so short, and when you go and do the things that you love, you will be able to create whatever it is you want to create. Maybe you feel like. I can't make money doing that, so I can't go do it. You can make money doing anything. Mm-hmm. I heard about a guy who sold, like, I forget how much money it was. I don't want to, like, make up a number, but it was between twenty dollars to $50,000 worth of a training or a course on how to go hunt Bigfoot. So don't tell me that, like, what it, you love to do oh can't, gosh. like, provide yeah. a career for you or there are just so many different kinds of people in this world who would love what you do and want to connect with you. Yeah, I, I just think that life is too short to not be doing what you love all the time. That doesn't mean don't do hard things and right. sit on your couch because you don't want to get up, but it just, it means do, find out what excites you and then run after it a hundred miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And that that's actually, so there's a song by Macklemore that I <laughs> love. It's about, it was right before his daughter, Sloane, was born.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think oh, the song is yeah. called Growing Up. And it's basically a song to his future child. And he was telling this child how he hopes the child lives her life. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool. Go download it if you don't have it already. But one of the lines, he says, find something that you love. Oh, he says, don't try and change the world. He mm-hmm. says, go find something that you love and do it every day. If you do that for the rest of your life, then eventually the world will change. And it's like, oh, shivers. yeah. But so And it's so true because you think about the people who literally have changed the world. It's because they were pursuing something that they loved. And I lo- you said something. Oh, when you're talking about this podcast. Because mm-hmm. I went and I binged to listen to all your episodes. <laughs> and you said, I'm just starting this podcast and we're going to see where it goes. I love that. Because so many people won't start something unless they know exactly how it's going to end Mm -hmm. and I was just thinking it kind of along those same lines like you think about the most successful people in the world that's exactly what they did they never started out thinking that it would become what it actually became yeah right you look at Mark Zuckerberg when he started Facebook or halfway ripped it off from other people or um, (laughs) Steve Jobs when he started Apple or You know, Gandhi, when he started doing whatever he did when he was 18 years old Mm -hmm. or all of these people, I guarantee you they had no idea what it would end up like. But they started where they were and then they let it evolve. And that is the the exciting part of life. Because if you're doing something you love, it's and there you don't know where it's gonna end. It's like watching a movie. It's like you're in your own movie. So that that excites me. Anyways, that was a really long answer.
0: I like it though. That was good. Do you have any other ones you want to share that you've gotten?
1: Okay, I pulled it up. Perfect. Ooh, this comes from somebody who has a lot of life experience. Mm -hmm. Lucille Ellsworth, she was turning 90 years old. This is my wife's grandma, okay? She's still alive, sassy as ever, (laughs) okay? And this was her advice. You're just about as happy as you make up your mind to be.
0: I love that.
1: Phone drop. (laughs) Right there. (laughs) And that's, I write it down exactly like you say it Mm -hmm. because I don't want it to come out in my translation of it, right? right? So that's exactly what she said. You're just about as happy as you make up your mind to be. Okay. You love it. Why?
0: Because Mm -hmm. I think, and I definitely am guilty of this, of like picking apart my life or choosing to see negative things Mm -hmm. versus looking at the reasons to be happy or like the blessings Mm -hmm. in my life, you know? Yep. And so I think that's such a powerful statement for so many people that maybe you're just like choosing to have a bad day or a bad week or whatever. Make up your mind to be happy and look for those things that are going to be like a good thing.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. No, I was talking to somebody. Who was it? I forget. I think it was one of my colleagues and they were talking about their, the therapist that they go see. And this therapist taught them that nobody can make you feel anything. Mm -hmm. You decide to react to something how you decide to react to it. And yes, it affects you, but ultimately you're 100% in charge of how you feel about that. Mm -hmm. And that's powerful. And so I know a lot of times people think like, oh, these people who are meditating, who are like life coaches are a bunch of hacks, Mm -hmm. right? Because they're just teaching you. And a lot of people don't recognize psychologists as, like, actual medical professionals. And I understand why they don't. I disagree with them 100%. Mm -hmm. Because our psychological health is 100% linked to our physiological health. And so, and we're seeing that more and more with, like, as this discussion about mental health opens up and how it really literally is affecting people physically. And so, you're in charge of it. You can go out, barring any, like... Illnesses Mm -hmm. that people have where you know they have to figure out how to deal with it in a different way. And maybe there are some parts they're not in control of, but it gives you the power because the moment you say that someone else made you feel that way, you give them the power. They're in charge of your situation, which subconsciously tells your mind, I can't do anything about it. And so you don't do anything. But if you know that I can't, I'm the only one who can do something. So you either sit there and you think, man, I suck because I'm not doing anything but at least you're getting after yourself or you just go do it. Mm-hmm. And most people, once they take on that responsibility, they'll go change it. Mm-hmm. So you want to hear what your mom said?
0: Oh, you asked my mom. I did. Yeah. February
1: 18th, when she turned 51, she said, lighten up. Don't focus on all the little things that don't matter.
0: That sounds like something my mom would say.
1: <laughs> it's powerful. <laughs> Especially because in today's world, People are just trying to find something to get annoyed about and to get mad about and to point out the problems. Mm -hmm. And yes, there are so many problems. There's so many things that we can fix right now, but there are so many good things happening. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so I just, yeah, that was powerful too. She's definitely earned a spot in the book.
0: (laughs) Congratulations, mom. You're in the book. (laughs) She listens to us. She'll hear that.
1: Sweet, sweet. And she can make me some more Curtis bread.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, you
1: heard. Okay. My last one I'll share with you. Okay. Is my wife. When she turned 27. So she's 28 now. So this Mm -hmm. was a little over a year ago. Do your very, very best not to judge people. It's so easy for us to assume that we know people's reasons for the way they are acting. But the truth is, most of the time we are wrong and we have no idea why they're doing what they do. If you can work to give people the benefit of the doubt more often than not, it'll be easier for you to love them. And loving people is why we're here. Double phone drop.
0: <laughs> That's so true. And I feel like she's such a like great example of just loving others always. She yeah, always totally. has been like that. Uh-huh. She's just so loving to everybody around her. And, oh, my gosh, that's just amazing. I love
1: that. To a fault sometimes. <laughs> I love her so much. But, like, someone could be literally sitting on her and, like, totally up in her business and making her so uncomfortable and she won't say anything. She's like, I don't want to make them uncomfortable. <laughs> but <laughs> that that's, why, that's why she's so amazing because she she does that all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, I forget what book it was in. I think it was the... How to win friends and influence people,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I love that book. It was talking about how you know it's, it's so easy for us to judge people and talk about why they shouldn't be doing what they're doing, or and it gave an example. I can't remember who said it. Maybe I'll have to tell you later. You can add it in. Okay. But this guy told a story, and the story was that this guy got onto a subway train with like three of his kids mm-hmm. and his kids were just going nuts. They were like jumping on people's laps. They were like yelling, spitting and just being like so inappropriate. And this guy was just sitting there doing nothing, just like mm-hmm. looking down. And someone came up to him and said something about his kids. Like, hey, like you should probably take care of them. They're going crazy or something like that. And he looked up at them and he like totally humbly, he was like, okay, I'll try to, I'll try to do something. I just, I don't know what to do. We just came from the hospital and their mom is going to die within the next five days. And I think they don't know how to handle it. And neither do I. Mm -hmm. And that person in that story who said to him, they said immediately, it didn't take any force of mine. It didn't take like any inner strength to change my mind immediately because all of a sudden I understood what was happening. Mm -hmm. And Of course, I would do the exact same thing. And I think so many people are in that situation. So that's powerful.
0: Yeah. So beginning of this month, you know this, but people on the podcast don't know this, that my sister-in-law had her baby really early. You guys were down the hall from us because you guys had a baby. (laughs) And just... already on baby lane. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Just the... um, First off, we were at a different hospital before we got transferred to the one you guys were at. And the people there, not everybody that came and talked to our family knew the situation that was going on. It was way early. And some people were very rude to us. And I think this also ties back to kind of like your your comment about choosing to be offended. Because mm-hmm. some people that were he- here with us chose to be offended in that situation.
1: yeah,
0: And others did not. And I did choose to be offended for a hot <laughs> second, but. Hey, you're human. <laughs> it's a stressful situation, too. <laughs> but it's just like they don't know that it's really early for this baby to be here. Mm-hmm. Some of these people have driven hours and hours and hours with no sleep and terrible weather to be here. Yep. It's really late. Like, we don't know what's going on. It's a very confusing situation, but because there's so many people around, or we. We got kind of reprimanded because there's so many of us there. But they didn't know. Sorry, we perimeter. love each
1: other as a family.
0: <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. And so it's just interesting because she didn't really know what was going on. But she didn't really have to know either. Yeah. She chose to be like that. And then mm-hmm. on our side, people chose to be offended as well.
1: Yeah, totally. It's And what I've noticed is that when you assume the best of somebody – in your interaction with them, mm-hmm. they usually act their best. Yeah. But when you come in telling them why they're doing it wrong and why they should do it differently and why assuming that they're being bad on purpose, which who do you know? And you're like, think of every single person in your life. Who do you know that is not trying to do their best? Mm-hmm. Who like, goes out and like, I'm going to be an idiot today. Or I'm going to be <laughs> mean to people today.
0: Me, the worst version of myself.
1: Yeah, nobody thinks that. Mm -hmm. And so, why do we just assume that that's what they're doing? So, yeah, it just makes no sense logically when you think about it. So, just I think we could remember that.
0: Yeah. I think, too, with like judging people, sometimes we hear other people's judgments before we have a chance to make our own. And so, Mm. something that like I've really been working on is being like, okay, like. Maybe they had a bad experience or something with them. But then giving the person a second chance. Maybe they were having an off day. Maybe mm-hmm. something happened, personalities clashed, something was wrong. And so they could totally surprise you. They could be someone totally different.
1: Interesting. Which brings us to dating. <laughs> so does that mean that you give a guy more than a first date? Like if you go on this date, you're not into him at all. And you're like, there, there's no way this is happening. Would you want a second date with him?
0: Um, okay, I think that depends because if it's like I wasn't like feeling it or anything and we get to the door and he like tries to kiss me or something, no, no second date, not gonna happen.
1: <laughs> what if he's a really good kisser and he just didn't find out?
0: Well, I don't care. <laughs> okay. But, strike out. <laughs> but, you know, if it was like maybe it was just like, felt like sitting with like one of my friends or something and he was really nice, whatever, I'd probably go on a second date with him. Maybe yeah, even yeah. a third to just kind of like feel it out. I see.
1: I can I can deal with that. I always tried to keep my dates short. It's probably like harder for you because a lot of times the guy is asking you out. Mm-hmm. Although I'll get up on my soapbox and say, more girls should be asking guys out. <laughs> girls, if you know what you want, just go get it. Go ask him out. Why not? Guys love that just as much as a girl likes to get out get asked out, a guy likes to get asked out. Anyways, back to your dating. What is your type? Uh, dad bod cowboys. Dad, a a cowboy with a dad bod? Yeah. (laughs) So, like, you want him wearing a cowboy hat to your first date?
0: I mean, he doesn't have to be wearing a cowboy hat, but, like, yeah, pretty much, and the boots, and the,
1: oh, Oh, yeah. okay. You want him to dress like a cowboy? You want him, like, out on the ranch, like, honey, we're we're gonna live on 50 (laughs) acres, and you're gonna be helping.
0: He doesn't necessarily, like, have to be, you know, like, running the farm, but... Like, good work ethic, hard worker, you know, isn't afraid to, like, get his hands dirty.
1: So you're not looking for an accountant?
0: I mean, if it happens, it happens, but not really.
1: But if you're an accountant and you want to date Sam, like, just Elliot's dress like a cowboy. (laughs) Now you know. You're welcome. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, Okay. But what does he look like? Like Um, Are you into brunettes or blondes? No, I tend
0: to lean more towards blondes.
1: Interesting. I actually had a
0: roommate one time that had this theory that people are more attracted to people with the same hair color as them, whether they realize it or not, like subconsciously. Mm -hmm. And she ended up marrying someone with the same hair color as her. I, I mean, my hair is like fake blonde, but I've been blonde most of my life. Yeah. And then I'm attracted more towards blondes. I always have been.
1: Interesting. No, that's true. You are attracted to people who look like you.
0: That's why couples end up looking alike. Yeah, totally. Especially as they get older. Like, it could be siblings.
1: Yeah, it's like this internal desire because and I forget, I don't know the scientific terms. It's our natural instinct because mm-hmm. we want to like prolong not only the human race but like our genetics. Yeah. And so we're designed that way to be attracted to. Yeah. But, and I mean,
0: it's not always true. I mean, my dad is very white and had lighter hair and he married a Hispanic lady. Like, yeah. It's not yeah, always true. Exactly. But I think it more so happens to be true yeah, than not. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you guys. The saddest thing ever happened. We recorded this podcast yesterday. And so I went to um, edit it today. And I cannot find the second half of our audio anywhere. I had to stop the audio about halfway through of Curtis and I talking and then restart it. And I know I started it again. And I know it should be on here. But I cannot find it. Curtis and his wife for a little bit. We talked about bucket lists and what's on my bucket list anywhere. And it is making me so sad. We talked about so much stuff. We talked more about my dating life, which is so Exciting. I told my worst date story um, we talked about and what's on his bucket list. For now, that is all I have. But I cannot find that audio anywhere. By the grace of God, by some miracle, if I find it again, it will become a second podcast. So I want to thank you guys for listening and for supporting me. I asked on Instagram a couple weeks ago how many of you guys actually listen to my podcast. And way more people than I thought actually listen to this too. I had about like 50 for this podcast. It kind of leaves on a unfinished note, if you will. But I just want to say thank you to Curtis for asking to be on my podcast. He asked me if he could be on it, and I was so grateful that he did. I really wanted him on it. Plus, people tell me that they listen to my podcast, which is kind of intimidating. But also, thank you so much for supporting this little dream of mine that I have to just see where this goes.